it's Groundhog Day again. And here we are again. <laughs> well, folks, this is the second time we're trying this. We had some technical difficulties first time around. So this is a brand new episode of The Devil's Due. Take two. See, I rhyme there. Ah. Here we are back again, Drew. And we're we're witty. We're we're you know here recording. How are you, sir? I am well. Again. <laughs> again. Once again, you are well. So I will I will start the show as I started last time, because I liked my intro. Uh let let the revels begin. Let the fires get started. We're dancing for the reckless and the brokenhearted. As we mark uh one year um again celebration, not the best word, but one year remembrance of you know the, the week like our our war, our country, I should say, because the world was dealing with this before we were. Um, our country changed, our way of life changed, and how we've been doing this for a whole year, doing this this way, um, not seeing each other across the table recording. We've been trying to find ways to record so that the sound quality on both our ends is better. But alas, technology conspires to keep at least my audio mediocre. But I digress. Um, we're we're sending this episode out this week to those who uh, cannot be with us anymore, those who cannot hear this anymore, um, and also to those who can hear this and can be with us, and those who have grasped so tightly to hope and perseverance throughout the year. Um, we feel better because we can see a light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, this show is for all of you. I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you, sir, talking, uh, discussing things. And so let's get our show on the road. How are you doing? How have your weeks been? Ah, pretty good, pretty good, I suppose. Nothing insanely uh, fun to report, I'm afraid. I don't know. Um, let's see, a couple weeks ago, thinking back now, had I finished watching all five seasons of The Expanse? No, okay. you had not. Well, now I have. <laughs> I am yes, uh, 100% I know. caught up on The Expanse. <laughs> Our, our chat was at, with Alan today. It was just like, I, I'm just going to sit over here in the corner, guys. You, you have at it. You, you, you should join us. <laughs> I, 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 felt like, I felt like Billy Bob Thornton and Tombstone when, when Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp see each other for the first time in the movie. Oh, like, Carl. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot you were there. You. <laughs> you may go now. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> Well, there's an easy way around that, buddy, and I would just say throw throw it on and dive into the expanse. I I am not saying I will not watch it. Um, other other things are currently taking priority. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I just I never want to hear anyone out there lamenting uh, their desire for a space show that you know delivers what they want if you're a fan of you know like let's say, let's say star trek or whatever and you sit there and go like 
how come there's nothing else out there like this? How come there's no good sci-fi shows on TV? There is one. <laughs> Granted, I'm late to the party, and I said some of these things, and here I am now saying, like, dude, it's been here all along. Um, yeah, get on board. Uh, so, f- yeah, five seasons into The Expanse, and it is uh, tremendous. And as of last night, um, I am now four chapters into the first book in the series of books of The Expanse. So... Um, it's kind of like revisiting the first season in a lot of ways so far. It's very much, pretty much like the first episode um, in 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 page form. So uh, I'm looking forward to crushing through the books now that the show is is done. Nice. Well, done until, so, until season six, that is. But the thing is, they're uh, roughly doing a season, a uh, book per season. Um, and season six is supposed to be the final season of the show. However there will be nine books. So they're going to either condense the crap out of it or end it at a natural arc after season six. And uh, I will continue the adventure. <laughs> provided, I can, provided I can read all of that. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Pretty soon, Carl. I'm just going to be going door to door. I'm like... You have a minute to talk to talk about your Lord and Savior, the Expanse. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Only half kidding. Only, <laughs> <laughs> oh, only half kidding. <laughs> no, there's there's really not I, much else to report I, on my end. I I don't have the brochures printed up already <laughs> now. <laughs> Condensed talking points. That if, would be ridiculous. People are like if you were to ask me like do you have a bible i'd be like sir we have eight of them the ninth is coming out soon and in, and it's on video <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah there's really not much else happening um i upgraded my, my keyboard game the one remember the keyboard we talked about i remember the keyboard you showed pictures of your your proud new edition ah uh, there it is yes i hear i hear the clickety clack <laughs> And again, it's not even the clickiest, clackiest that I could have got, but it is uh, oh so satisfying to use and to work on and just have and type on. It's definitely, definitely a different experience and one for the better. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. I ended you, up getting are... uh, I, for those who might be curious, I got a Ducky One Two. Um, Ducky's the manufacturer. The One Two is the model, and it's the RGB mode one so it does all the the keys all glow and everything and it has various modes of glowing that's pretty cool um and uh yeah and the cherry mx brown switches which i talked about last time which are clicky but not too clicky so yeah 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 and i got a new office chair after 20 about 20 years on my old one i got a new i got a new one yeah my old one is uh my lower back carl was starting to become a real problem (laughs) So um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, does your butt know what to do when you sit down now? Oh, oh, that was never really the problem. Uh, but my low back was really starting to turn on me. So, uh, my new chair, my new chair is much, much better in that department. So, I've only had it for like two days. But in two days, I can already tell you, after getting up after you know, getting up after work, I'm not like deathly hunched over anymore. So that's good. That is a good thing. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, let's see. Anything else? No. Nothing nothing else is really going on. 
How about you? How's it going? Um, uh, it's it's going good. I drew. I actually did show prep this week. All right. For a, a reason passing understanding. I just kind of remembered to jot it down. Um, the important stuff from this week. So I, I do have some notes on my weeks. But really quickly before I get to those, Drew, there's there's something else of note you did miss. Um, we we saw each other. We did. I figured week. I figured you'd bring this up, so I I was gonna wait. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll start with that. We uh we had a gathering. We did. Um, at your house, a social distance, safety precautions taken, uh, gathering for uh wrestling pay-per-view aew revolution the, yes the show that started with a bang and ended with a pop pop fizz fizz oh what a relief it wasn't <laughs> no yeah no. yeah well it's unfortunate that uh things did not go as planned at the finale of the exploding barbed wire death match um definitely a bummer uh it's one of those things where the ride was good, and then the ending of it is all you remember, which is a shame, because the work in the match itself was great, and then it, unfortunately, did not go off as planned. But, yeah, so, they well, definitely are handling it as well as they could, if not brilliantly, based on Dynamite. Well, I mean, they, they gave the microphone to Eddie Kingston. Dude, Eddie and, Kingston. And if anyone, if anyone can convince you of anything, <laughs> it's Eddie Kingston. I've I've seen it commented online, and I, I think it's a fun uh, turn of phrase. Eddie Kingston could sell a comb to a bald man. Pretty much, <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston could convince me that my son's name is Terrence, and my wife's name is Ralph. <laughs> And I, I would believe him sure. because he's very persuasive. He uh, is, uh, it, he's like the unexpected, like the unexpected uh, MVP of AEW that I don't even know that they had on the radar when the company started. But now that they have him, like he is, <laughs> he's invaluable to the product at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fantastic. So we got together. It was me, you, and Alan. Yes, sir. And uh, we, you, you made pizza and wings. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's and they were good. Not my first rodeo in that department. So it's pretty much all I've been. If I did nothing else over the pandemic, I've I I got really good at making pizza, <laughs> and the your, and, and the wings in recent in in recent months. Your craft is is exemplary. Oh, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They were they were very enjoyable, and. I, I will simply say that from now on, when we can get back to regular game nights, if you if you roll out with a bowl of pretzels, I will be like, "What is this pittance you bring to me? <laughs> you show you show me the promised land, and then and then you bring me this." Oh crap! So I set a standard. In other words, you did. You have oh, set man. a new standard. Oh, oh darn! I have to make well, pizza. Just, just think of us as guinea pigs. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll pilot anything you want on you guys. So, but yeah, Revolution, a lot of fun. Great seeing you guys again, getting to hang out with you. Um, oh, you dear. Know, for, fortunately, you are you are blessed with a living room that can accommodate social distancing. Carl, um, there's, a, there's a, a Trent Reznor-esque distortion coming across on your end, so I say we just work through it. Okay, it's gone. All right. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Well, you, you know, I I I like to throw the occasional curveball. That oh, and how? So, getting then to my week's proper, uh, my my amazing, beautiful, lovely wife Julie has as a a passion for a film that I do not, mm. and it, it's called the film is called Xanadu. Okay. Um, I am not I am not a fan of this film. It's you know I believe it was Gene Kelly's last on-screen performance which is very unfortunate um yeah but she loves it and i do not besmirch her her love for that at all i may poke the occasional fun at but i felt you know i've been reminded by mark bernardin on the fan man beyond podcast of the existence of another film that i love in the same way she loves xanadu one of those lesser-known films that only a certain age group is really going to know if you knew it. It's definitely one of those HBO classics. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, this movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. Um, and so I decided it was time that Julie experienced the rock and roll fable from another time in another place called Streets of Fire. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of or seen Streets of Fire? I have not. Okay, so it it is literally like a I don't want to say a rock and roll fairy tale, fairy tale, but fable. It literally says in the beginning, you know, a rock and roll fable, and it's structured very much like that. Um, it is the uh feature film debut of one um diane lane i believe she was like 19 or 20 when she made it um she plays ellen aim and she is in a band and the band is performing and she is kidnapped by a biker gang okay and her her ex-boyfriend tom cody has to come in and and rescue her but he also has to deal with her her sniveling manager slash boy current boyfriend, um, played by a very young Rick Moranis. Okay, we're talking like younger than Ghostbusters. Rick Moranis um, drew this film was one of the uh, one of the key inspirations for the video game Streets of Rage, which. Surprisingly enough, is actually going to come up again later in the show, but I I'm not sure I'm not sure if you would enjoy it. <laughs> now, granted, I had to rent it because I own like a DVD copy, and it's one of like the first DVDs. So I was like, I'm sure this is available in a better picture and sound quality. So she she watched it with me. Does not have the love for it that I have, mm. so to speak. <laughs> she, when, because the the film is, because it is, it's once upon a time, air quote, air finger quotes, is another time in another place. There's no defined 
time frame or location that this takes place in. So a lot of the aesthetics are very like 1950s noir, but with a lot of neon too. So she's like, she's like, did it take place here in the fifties or in the eighties? I couldn't tell. I'm like, it took place in another time in another place. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yes. Um, so I, I definitely, I recommend it folks. If you haven't seen streets of fire, go watch streets of fire. If you have seen streets of fire, send us an email. Tell us how awesome streets of fire is. You're going to send us an email and tell us that streets of fire is terrible. Spoilers. I'm probably not going to read it. Side note, spoilers. That's probably not true. I will probably still read it. <laughs> um, so, okay. There was that. Drew, I have two coffee related things from the past couple weeks. All right. Um, I have added another, uh, weapon in my arsenal of brewing coffee. Um, I got an American press coffee maker and I've been curious to try one out for some time. And the, I got it the first couple times I used it. I was like, okay, this is good. Uh, but then I, Try. I adjusted some things, and oh boy, stuff got real good real quick. So, if you're asking, what is the difference between an American press and a French press? That's what I was thinking. An, Amer- an American press is more a single cup maker. Okay. And you put the coffee into a receptacle, and you push that receptacle through the water. And it is a pressure infusion, whereas a French press is immersion. French press, the the coffee grounds and the water just kind of hanging out together, and that's where your extraction happens. And then after a certain amount of time, you just press down on the plunger just to push the grounds to the bottom. With an American press, you're actually pressure infusing the water through the coffee so it's really kind of interested as you get like halfway through it you have this container and the bottom half is water clear water and the top half is coffee mm. just an interesting visual i see so it the flavors that this produces is very similar to a french press in in boldness of flavor and also body of flavor Body being the how the the volume of liquid of the coffee feels in your mouth, like the texture, like a th- like a thicker feel to it. Mm-hmm. That is traditionally associated with a French press. This has that, but the the below the surface flavor is much more refined, yet much more out of it. And I've been using it a lot since I got it and I'm trying little adjustments here and there. I'm noticing little adjustments on this go longer than little adjustments on like a French press. So I'm very much enjoying this. It's called an American press coffee maker. I highly recommend one if you're ever so inclined. The other coffee thing that I had this week, Drew, was I got to try one of the, uh, highest forms of coffee bean available 
uh, I got to finally sample the Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee bean this past week. Now you're probably asking yourself, Carl, why is this um, why is this such a high standard coffee bean? Let's be honest. I know you're not actually asking yourself that, but I'm going to tell you anyway because that's the service we offer here at the Devils Do. We educate as well as entertain. So the Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee bean is grown in the, shockingly, the Blue Mountain region of Jamaica. And the environment, the elevation, the humidity, the, you know, everything in the environment is perfect for growing coffee and creates a very unique and very good flavored coffee bean. Each bean is hand-inspected before it's sent out. So it is rarer than most other coffee beans because a typical coffee farm, coffee-producing area of the world will be able to produce roughly 150 million pounds of coffee a year. The Blue Mountain region of Jamaica produces roughly 5 million pounds of coffee a year. Mm. And about 70% of that is purchased by Japan. So every once in a great while, Premier Gourmet will get this bean in, and um, it is uh, considerably more expensive than your standard coffee bean. Uh, so this time I you know, had a little extra scratch, so I treated myself to this, and oh boy, Drew, it lived up to the expectations. Easily one of, if not the best cups of coffee I've ever had. Very nice. Very, very enjoying of it much, and I can't speak anymore. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what else we got here? Uh, So, a couple other additions to the Things Geeky that are purchased. I got my, in the week since we last had an episode, I got my Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver Hero Packs for Marvel Champions. Um, I've played through multiple games with Quicksilver. One game so far with Scarlet Witch. Both are incredibly enjoyable. Uh, The design space they're exploring this game is really opening up and things they're doing with characters to make them very distinct is really cool. Uh, Next month begins the Guardians of the Galaxy cycle. So there is a campaign box coming out that comes with uh, Rocket and Groot. And then in May, we get Star-Lord and Gamora hero packs. And then June, we get a Drax hero pack. So, and I believe the last one will be a Nebula hero pack before they move on to other things. Um, So those are very enjoyable. Uh, Drew, I've, I've discussed a couple times before on the show how the how the young lad and the misses have gotten into to Legos over yeah. the past year. Um, well, I've thrown my hat into the Lego ring in a big way. Um, I got the Lego Ultimate Collector set 1989 Batmobile from the film. And, oh boy, Drew... When I say I threw my hand to the ring, I threw my hand into the ring. 
you 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 dove into uh, the deep end of the pool. This this glorious glorious thing is uh, just over thirty three hundred pieces and twenty five separate bags to for construction. Uh, that your is typical bananas, man. Yeah, your your average Lego set is. You know, Julie's uh, Stranger Things Lego set, which is, you know, pretty expansive and pretty detailed, I think was about 13, 12 or 13 bags. So, yeah, it's pretty nuts. So I am I've been following your progress and it seems like, yes, so many of these pieces just seem like superfluous. Like, did it have to be this many pieces or did they design it just to be that many pieces because they could get money for it. I think what, what I found in the past year is, as Julie and William have gotten into Lego is that every, every piece is picked for a reason. And there, there's very little fat on the bone of your average Lego set. Okay. Um, in these ultimate collector sets from what I've seen, which the, the Batmobile is, um, everything is painstakingly engineered to serve a purpose. Like, there is, I assembled the, the front drivetrain of the Batmobile, and, like, it, the wheel, like, the front drivetrain up through the steering wheel. You turn the steering wheel, and the wheels turn. Oh, wow. it's... Yeah, it's. I didn't realize yeah. it was that that uh, precise or that that detailed. Yes, very much so. And like, just you know, it's not like one piece for the the front fender and one piece for the your rear fender. It's like these things are made up of dozens of pieces, and it's all too like everything is structurally reinforced to be a solid singular body as solid a singular body construction as possible um so it's i i'm very like i'm enjoying it i'm also like the the engineering that has to go into these things is just mind-blowing so um that thing looks pretty sizable it is yes and if i'm to I, I, like it doesn't these things are arbitrary so i just have to laugh it in a way uh yeah but when you showed me the 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 batman figure that comes with it the little batman lego man right he's so out of scale with the batmobile <laughs> yeah for the for most <laughs> of the ultimate collector sets uh the figure the minifigures are not meant to be to scale like this, uh, the minifigures are kind of set aside as a side display piece because there's like there's a like a panel that you put a sticker on and it says like you know 1989 Batmobile length width max horsepower like stats of it and the minifigs are just kind of meant to go on that as a nice little bonus item. All right. Um. So he he is not meant to sit in and drive this particular Batmobile. Understood. Um, mainly because the the steering wheel of the Batmobile is about as big as his torso. 
Um, so yeah. Nice. So some of some of them like you know the Ultimate Collector Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I believe those minifigures are to scale with that. Um, but a lot of other of the Ultimate Collector sets, the minifigures you get with them are not to scale. They're not intended to be to scale. So this one comes with a Batman, a Joker, and Vicky Vale uh, minifigure. Wow. And the the Batman is very well done, 1989 uh, looking Batman in comparison to like the other Batman William got with one of his sets that's just like a, a kid set. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. It's been a lot of fun putting it together. Um, yeah, when it's going to be done, I have no idea. Just <laughs> you just press onward, and it's, that's it's, all that matters. It's going. It's being added to the list of what will happen first. Will Carl finish the Batmobile? Will Carl get a vaccine, or will Carl get a PlayStation Five? Um, we have the vaccine scheduled for May, but it is scheduled. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens first. All right. Um, and then lastly, I have two quick reviews to give. Um, I've seen two movies over the past two weeks of uh-huh. note. Uh, the first one being Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, the latest premiere offering on Disney Plus, where it was a film that was going to come out in theaters, but you got if you want to watch it on Disney Plus, you pay thirty bucks. Which, I mean, granted, if you're one person paying that amount, if you're a single person, I can see how that might be a little too too much to pay but like for myself my wife we had william 30 bucks we're basically paying what we would at a movie theater so we got that and it was absolutely enjoyable um it's you know disney doing disney things it's it's very unique uh it's it's very like original story and the visual design of it is very good and it's got you know your typical disney enjoyment We've definitely got our money out of it. William has watched it, I think, about 11 times since last Saturday. Mm. So $30 well spent there. Um, so I would definitely uh, recommend it if you are considering it. It's the, the duty, two thumbs up. Um, the other film that Julie and I saw was the sequel to Coming to America. Uh Entitled Coming to the Number Two America. I see what they did there. Yes, yes. Just, so I have I have yet to watch it. Uh what the... just said coming back to America. No. You had to, had to do something clever with the number. Yeah. Well, you know, fan four stick and whatnot. So no. <laughs> uh what's your verdict on coming to America? I have yet to watch it, but I have I the trailer left me with mixed feelings. It is uh, perfectly serviceable and enjoyable. Um, you will laugh. It is uh, essentially a, hey, let's get the band back together and play the greatest hits mm. with a new track or two thrown in. Um, it's kind of the original story, but in reverse. Uh, he, you know, they, they add something to the... Uh, 
looking for a wife scene from the original film when they were speaking to all the different women. Oh yes, I love that scene. So they kind of, yeah, <laughs> they had they had Leslie Jones in there. Okay, and <laughs> you know, Akeem has a son they didn't know about. Yep, yep, yep. And he goes to America to bring his son back to Zamunda to be the king because he needs a male heir. Um, it's it's perfectly fun. I enjoyed it. You know, I would uh, if you enjoy the original, you will enjoy this one. Um, pretty much every character you would want to return from the original does, and some that you would not expect would have returned hmm. also pop up again. Um, and it's it's fun. It's it's perfectly it's fine. It's it's for. For if you have Amazon Prime, um, it's definitely worth your time to watch it. If you're a fan of the original, you will enjoy this one. Um, it's like it's not to the point where I'm saying you have to go watch it now. You know, if you ever feel so inclined, knock yourself out. It's fine. I enjoyed it. I laughed. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's let's get the band back together, play the grace that's couple new tracks well all right Perhaps and they do a great a they do a great rendition of a prince song in it and it's not like one of his more popular songs but it's one that like if you were watching mtv in the the early to mid 90s you're like oh they're breaking that out so yeah it was a lot of fun good times all right so Check my notes. That is my week's amazing how long this drums on when you actually take notes. Uh, <laughs> dear listeners, we would love to hear from you. We would like to hear uh, about your weeks. We would like to hear any questions you have for the show, any comments you have for the show, any things you want us to talk about. We would love to hear from you. If you want to communicate with us, contact with us, uh, reach out and touch someone you can do so at the following social media locations you can follow us on twitter at devils do pod you can like our facebook page at facebook.com slash devils do pod you can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website the devils do podcast.com drew that being said we do have some emails uh, we're going back a couple weeks on some of these, so I will read them in the order of which I received them. All right. And the the first two emails we have are from the um, the Akeem and Zemi oh. of <laughs> of the Devil's Due. I'll let them decide which one's which. Okay. Uh, huh. uh, Mr. J. Smino and Mr. Alan Waiters. Starting with Mr. J.J. Samino, this is back from March 3rd. Drew and Carl, what do you feel is Kelsey Grammer's definitive role, and why is it not Sideshow Bob, but Lieutenant Tom Dodge from Down Periscope? <laughs> wow. I have not seen Down Periscope in a minute, but, you know, I can't deny that that, that pretty much, uh, that, that, that really is Kelsey Grammer when you really break it down. Um, I have never seen Down Periscope. I haven't seen it since uh, since I was a, la- a wee lad watching HBO in the 90s. Um, 
<clears throat> that was a classic HBO in the 90s movie. There's a lot of those, and Jay and I can can go off on many a conversation about just how many of those movies that we have seen and share have shared a reference or a, a reverence for. Um, let's see. I guess at the moment, my my current definitive. Uh, Kelsey Grammer role is actually uh, Stinky Pete, the prospector, because <laughs> I've seen Toy Story <clears throat> 2 about 745 times in the last uh, oh, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Kids will do that. Kids yep, will do that. It's fine, because it's still, it's still a good movie, so I'm not entirely yeah. sick of it. Uh, but, I mean, I think it, it goes without saying that Fraser Crane is the definitive Kelsey yeah, Grammer role. I mean, it's... Don't get me wrong. I love Sideshow Bob. The uh, the Cape Fear episode seems is my all time favorite episode, <laughs> um, and he he figures prominently in that. But yeah, it's it's Fraser Crane, yeah. And now, granted, I have not seen the entire series of Fraser. Um, I have seen you know good amounts of it, and I will say that like Cheers, Fraser is still the definitive Fraser. Fair enough. I. So. Couldn't really speak to either. So, never watched Cheers. No, I, I, I was too young for Cheers. Uh, I was too young for Cheers too. I still watched it. You're older than me, uh, so. <laughs> Drew, pass me by. Yes, Carl has put this in my brain. Do you foresee the next step in the Horsemen being an AEW by the renewal of the feud between them? And the and Sting and RoboCop. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do a quick quick search because I want to know. You're doing a search yes. by the sound of your keyboard. Exactly. Oh crap, Carl. I guess I don't think it's in the cards, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. Why is that? AEW, who is on the Turner Network (TNT), which is owned by. AT&T, which is, you know, the big Warner umbrella. Um, unfortunately, our our shining knight of old Detroit is owned by Metro Goldwyn Mayer. So I don't know that the corporate synergy is going to allow for RoboCop to make his grand pro wrestling return. Not to say it can't happen, but it's all about corporate synergy these days. You're more, yeah. you, you are more likely to see Batman in a pro wrestling ring before RoboCop. Would not surprise me. Because corporate synergy, baby. Yep. So, Drew, maybe a, a quick background on why we're talking about RoboCop and a wrestling ring. Uh, back in the 80s, Carl, when you could market R-rated movies to kids... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you could give them Saturday morning cartoons... Yeah. And Happy Meals and Toy Line. Well, they, yes, our, our rated movies. Yes, 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 yes. Um, what a, what a wild time. Anyway, uh, we turned out okay, right? R- r- right? <laughs> I mean, in comparison to some, sure. I guess so. Rambo had a Saturday morning cartoon, Drew. Sure did. Rambo. You sure did. Um, so did Robocop for that matter. Uh, anyway, um, RoboCop made a, uh, a run in as it, I mean, he didn't really run in, he kind of 
you know, RoboCop paste in uh, into a WCW wrestling event and saved Sting from a steel cage. Yeah. Back in the 80s. This this happened. You could look it up. Was it Peter Weller? In no. The no. <laughs> Thank God. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Much, much like uh, uh, the voice of Woody in Toy Story, if it's not the big pictures... Uh, it, 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 Tom Hanks doesn't show up for the for the the little stuff. He's his brother. His I swear to God, his brother Jim Hanks does the other stuff. <laughs> I looked this yeah. up. I can't believe it's yep. true, but it is. Um, yeah, it sounds very much like him. Uh, Peter Weller doesn't did not show up for that. Uh, may, maybe he has a brother, Jim Weller. I don't know. It's possible. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Someone who fit the suit probably did the run in. <laughs> <laughs> they did not get film accurate RoboCop. They got Buffalo Auto Show RoboCop. I saw Buffalo Auto Show RoboCop as a child, and it disappointed the crap out of me. So did I. Yeah, we, I was like, "Sir, I can tell your suit is styrofoam." Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not good. This is bringing back so many memories. Also, speaking of the uh, the Jim Hanks voice, um, the Lamp Life short on Disney Plus. It's the Toy Story four short about Bo Peep, uh, you know, on Disney Plus, yeah. Toy Story. Um, much like Toy Story 4, unnecessary, but it's worse because Annie Potts is the only original voice in that short. So Oof. Woody and Buzz and the other characters oh. that, that pop in, the granted they're not in it for very long, but they're in it just long enough when they speak that you know, oh God, that's not Tom Hanks. That might not yeah. even be Jim Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> is that Bob Hanks? And if that is Jim Hanks, he has a cold. <laughs> is that Bob Hanks, the third cousin that we only call him when we really need? Yeah. Uh, I, I, right. Anyway, that don't don't yeah. try and pass off your your C list on me, Disney. I'm I'm too smart for that. <laughs> Looking at you, puppy dog pals. Anyway, <laughs> what a right, travesty so that is. Goes, oh God. Anyway. Season four. Goes, what have they done? <laughs> he goes to me, Carl. Will you be angling to be the new CEO of Blue Cross come December? Um, I will not turn down the job if they want to offer it. <laughs> uh, let's just say. Um, now, moving on to Mr. Alan Waiters. This is an email from March fourth. Because I say that because we do have another email from Alan. All right. Um, Hello, gentlemen. Can you believe it's been a year since COVID? Yes, Alan. Yes, we can. Um, Sadly, Carl yes. And, yeah. Carl and Drew, what is your favorite comic art, comic cover of all time and why? Ooh, wow. Oh, man. That is tricky, tricky. I, I feel that the the cover is a lost art form in comics. It really it, well, yes and no. Um, mostly yes. You still get a great one from time to time, but there was a time when like the cover was, uh, it, it almost told us it it. it condensed the, the the crux of the story that the issue was telling into a single dynamic image generally speaking yes and then eventually covers just became pinup pieces 
Yeah, more often than not, they are uh, static art. Yeah, interchangeable. Not really, not really informing what is inside the issue. And if they do, it's super metaphorical and vague. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, oof, that is a tough one for sure. Um. To my... When I think about iconic covers because it's hard to like say which is my favorite but i just so, so if, if they're iconic they're probably a favorite just because that's why they're iconic yeah. right i think about things like wolverine number one where he's got his mask off and he's got his claws popped yep. and he's giving you the come here you know gesture yep. uh iconic um i think about uh The Mike Zek Punisher covers from his original miniseries. Yep. Um, and then you get into something like the Return of Electra cover, um, where Matt he has that look on his face and he's looking up into the darkness and he's like at Electra's grave and you see her in silhouette on the you know, splash page on the cover. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Phenomenal cover. Um, and then just because it's such a brilliantly executed cover and um i don't know uh amazing spider-man uh 129 the first appearance of the punisher great great cover yeah no no lies detected um also i'd be remiss um if i didn't give a shout out uh to and I, i'm not even going to pick out a specific issue because I don't know that I could come up with one. Although the silent issue definitely has an iconic cover, that being G.I. Joe number 21. But a lot of G.I. Joe covers were fantastic pieces of artwork. Yeah. Like, just super dynamic and and iconic. So those are the, those are the, the ones that come to mind for me when I think about my favorite covers. So for me, um, if I if I was forced to pick one, um, and this is going to sound funny, seeing as I was just bemoaning uh, static art pieces as comic book covers, mm-hmm. um, but just because it's such an iconic image, uh, probably uh, Spider-Man number one, the McFarlane Spider-Man. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. Uh, the the crouched in the cavern of webs uh, cover. The honorable mentions would probably be the uh, the classic uh, Dark Knight Returns lightning bolt cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one always to me is such a such a great cover. Hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah I'm not, if, I'm not, I don't like that one as much. If if I had a choice between uh, to own Amazing Spider-Man number one or Amazing Fantasy fifteen, I'd probably pick Amazing Spider-Man number one. Wow! For some reason, it's just always had more personal value to me than Amazing Fantasy fifteen. All right. Um, trying to think the. The Norm Brayfogle Batman covers were just 
amazing. I still to this day my all time favorite Batman artist. Um, trying to think what else. Transformers, along with GI Joe, had some very uh, iconic covers. Um, the the one that that comes to mind most readily is the I believe it's Transformers number five. It was the painted cover with Shockwave on it, and burned into the wall. It says "Are all dead?" Mm. with a question mark. Um, that's just such a great cover. Um, uh, would you mention GI Joe? A uh, GI Joe number one, I think, is a fantastic cover. Yeah, uh, that's that's iconic. Uh, Star Wars number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, very iconic cover. I think what else? Uh, Marvel Knights Daredevil number one. Just like, yeah, that's a good one. But fantastic! I I almost said that one. The only thing that held me back is that if if I had to pick a Daredevil cover, to be honest, it would have to be something from the Maleev era, just because Alex Maleev is was was born to draw Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, those are all very respectable choices for sure. Um, yeah, I believe it's, oh God, I'm such a terrible Spider-Man fan because I don't remember the exact, uh, cover, the exact number, but the issue where Gwen Stacy actually dies, ah, um, I can, I, and I can Spider-Man it. is swing towards all the portraits of the people in his life. It's like someone's going to die and I don't know who. Yep. Just yep, yep. fantastic. Um, obviously the, the classic Green Goblin, uh, pulling, Peter Parker tied up behind the Goblin Glider. Fantastic. But yeah, the, uh, just for personal value, because it's like really when I got full-blown into reading comics as a collector slash reader was, would definitely be the uh, McFarlane Spider-Man number one. Uh, all right, so moving on. Alan asks, Carl, if John Krasinski plays Reed Richards in the new Fantastic Four, would you like to see Jimmy Woo have a scene with him for an office reunion? <laughs> um, uh, I I never watched The Office, so sure. That What's makes that? me laugh. I that's funny. Now I want to see it. <laughs> uh, Drew, it has been four years since Breath of the Wild, and mm. the Switch made its debut. How do you think the game has held up after four years, and is it still a masterpiece? Also, when the Switch initially came out, did you think it would be this successful? Um, of course, it's still a masterpiece, and it holds up 100%. It's, 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 a, it's a brilliant game that stands the test of time. Um, I'm not going to nitpick it, even though others will. It It's... It's a transcendent game that everyone fell in love with for a very good reason. Like, there's a reason why it was so successful. Uh, did I think the Switch would be this successful, honestly, as a Nintendo fan? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> so it definitely warms my heart that it is. Um, I, 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 as, a, as a video game fan, um, the world of video games would be a lot worse without Nintendo in it so and and thriving so um yeah i'm i'm thrilled that the switch is doing so well and i could not have predicted that it would be as successful as it is cool all right 
Moving on. Uh, an email from Mr. Cyrus Moore. Right. Uh, greetings, gentlemen. It's been a while just catching up with the pod. It's a little late, but if you remember, I mentioned last year the, that my Chiefs and your Bills might meet each other in the playoffs. And wouldn't you know it, they sure did quite a game. But in the end, we experienced the same familiar pain. He goes on to say, uh, Buck Frady. So just yes, you know, yes, yes. switch around or Yep. Switch around a couple letters there. Uh, he says, anyway, and I'm I'm not on that train. You should be. <laughs> I mean, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, you the should man be. Is, the I man's don't... the greatest ever to play the position, and there's no evidence to the contrary. There's Sorry. evidence enough, and I still loathe him as a human being. So he can he can go to hell, and he can go to hell and die. <laughs> <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell. And you die. Don't you have to die first? No. Um, okay. Make it last. Make the pain last. <laughs> anyway, I'm writing as I'm listening to the favorite NES Nintendo Entertainment System discussion because I'm a natural contrarian. It makes me think of my least favorite NES game. Mm. As a child, I was a huge fan of the Ghostbusters cartoon, ah. toys alike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I begged my parents to rent the Ghostbusters game for me. They finally did, and uh, five-year-old me was crushed. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. The memory remained repressed until 25 years later when I passed by it at a vintage stock for $5. I figure I'm 30, and I'm a seasoned gamer. I'm going to avenge my childhood. I buy it, bring it home, and I still can't figure it out. What a complete heap of garbage. What's your least favorite NES title, and do you have any similar experiences? P.S. After I bought it, I later discovered the Angry Video Game Nerd, yeah. who has three videos <laughs> dedicated to how bad the game was, could have saved me five bucks. You live and you learn. So, Drew, your least favorite NES game of all time. Oh, God, the list is long. Um, and I, like, lo- like long enough where I couldn't even sit here and, and name them off to you without... I mean, there's there's a lot. For for as great and as ubiquitous and as uh, etched in our memory as the NES was, um, it had a lot of stinkers on it. Now, it had a lot of transcendent games on it as well, but it had a lot of frustrating games that um, many a kid was disappointed with with when he rented from wherever, be it the corner store or a blockbuster video. Um, all I can say is thank God for the rental program back then. Cause if you were to buy the, if you had to buy them before playing them, um, man, what a racket that would have been. Cause there was a lot of stinkers on the, on the shelves. Um, I would probably just point to anything that the angry video game nerd has covered. And um, over the last, I'm going to say this and feel extremely old, Going on 20 years almost, 15 years. How long has the video game never been at it? A long time. Um, he's kind of phoning it in the last few years. But in any case, uh, the, the early era of the, the nerd, he covered all the, the real stinkers that we all hated as kids. Um, Simon's Quest, terrible. Um, the Ghostbusters game was especially disappointing. I share, I share Cyrus's disappointment wholeheartedly as a Ghostbusters fanatic as a child. That game really disappoints however i will tell him if he has the means to acquire it um he should really look into new ghostbusters 2 
on the NES. Uh, it was released in 1990, which is late in the NES's lifespan. But um, new Ghostbusters 2 is phenomenal. It was actually uh, only released, I believe, uh, in Japan and Europe. So you might have to get it through less than legal means, let's say. Um, but trust me, it's attainable. Let's see. Yeah, it was never released on the NES in America. So go out of your way to find a way to play it on an emulator. I'll say that much. Uh, it's a fantastic game. It's a, it is the Ghostbusters game that we always wanted on the NES but never got to play. <coughs> I will say this. If you ever want a bizarre Ghostbusters gaming experience, look up... Uh, Ghostbusters for the Sega Genesis. Oh, I've seen with the big heads and the yeah. Yep. That always made me. I was always curious about that game. I I had that game. It was a lot of fun. It was really great. But like, it's not like it. I don't remember it specifically being based off the movie or anything. Is a very. I believe it was probably. You could probably say it was a Metroidvania game. Did it have a map and say in save place save uh save states? I believe so. Mm. I don't a hundred percent remember if it had save states. Uh six levels from what I'm reading right now. So not not quite the same. To be a proper Metroidvania, you need a map and you need backtracking areas and yada yada. But in any case, uh I do remember that game and I always thought it looked kinda cool, to be honest with you. I thought the graphics were kind of fun in, in, in a weird way. Yeah. Um in any case, um, yeah, uh, something about Ghostbusters. Oh, that NES game. Oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, but New Ghostbusters 2, good, good, good. And there was something else I was going to bring up. Maybe it was your, maybe it was your the Genesis least game. favorite. Well, I mean, your Ghostbusters. Oh, I was going to... Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. On top of Ghostbusters, if you were a kid as well back in the day, there was a... a you know, you had any sort of interest in movies. There was probably movie-based games. So... Almost all of them were bad. So Back to the Future, I hated that game. That game was terrible. Yeah. Terrible, terrible yeah. game. And in the movies are, are so good. So it was very disappointing. Um, that X-Men game, the first one, terrible. Oh. Terrible. Oh. Uh, Folks, if it had LJN on it, yeah, usually yeah. it's kind of steer clear. Not always, but 90% of the time they, they were publishing garbage. Yeah, a lot of, lot of dud games. My my least favorite NES game of all time was a game called Splunker. God, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I hated it because, like, all right, think of your average Mario block size, like a like a question block. Now put it put it on the ground, put Mario on top of it. You would think he could just walk off it. And keep going forward. Not in Splunker. If you fell like anything more than three pixels, you were dead. Oh god. Yeah. Brutal. Oh god, I hated that game. <laughs> and that was before renting the games was very common. Mm. It was early in the Nest life cycle. And so renting was still kind of hit or miss wherever you went. So a lot of times you just had to Roll the dice, take your chance. Oh boy, did I roll some snake eyes on Splunker. 
It's bad. Uh, it's so bad. All right, Cyrus, good to hear from you again. Thank you for your email. Lastly, another email from Mr. Alan Waiters, which was sent today. Uh, hello, gents. It was great to be with you in person as we socially distance for revolution. You as well, Alan. Carl and Drew, March 10th just passed, uh, Mario Day. Ah, yeah. Uh, what, what is the hardest level in a Mario game that frustrated you? Have you played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance? Uh, it is considered the best Mario PG after Super Mario RPG. So, gotcha. most frustrating level in Mario. Hmm. There had to be several in Mario 64 and I and it's mostly because of the primitive nature of the 3D graphics engine at the time. The camera controls mainly. Um, yes. I I which one specifically? Uh, uh, there's one late in the late game. I think it might be a clock tower of some kind. This is this. I'm, I'm going deep into my memory banks now, so I don't recall exactly. But um, that always bothered me. Um, the the world eights in the original Super Mario Brothers were a chore. Um. I don't have as much of a problem with anything in 3 or Super Mario World. Those games are pretty much... They're pretty pretty brilliantly designed. They don't really infuriate and make you want to rage quit too too much. So that's what comes to mind for me when I think of my least favorite levels. My least favorite level is um, the level you play in Mario Brothers. Not Super Mario Brothers. Just Mario Brothers. Ah, the original. Because how often have you tried jumping up to a level to kick a, you know, knocked over crab or turtle down, and you just kind of sail over the crab or turtle, and you try to turn back around to try and kick them off, but they flip themselves back up, yeah. and then you die. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that game didn't quite launch the Nintendo ship into orbit. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that game is frustrating. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, but it did, did introduce the... Luigi. Yeah, that's true. Um, did you play the uh, the Superstar Saga on the Game I, Boy Advance? I did not. No, I did not. All right, I did not either. Um, Carl, will you get a Millennium Falcon Lego set after you are done with the Batmobile? Um, I mean, maybe at some point I would like to get one for William, but it's not going to be like the Ultimate Collector one because that one goes for like five, six hundred dollars, and if I get that and build it, a two-year-old or a, a four-year-old is not touching that. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Drew, thanks for introducing me to the Expanse. Yeah. Will you be watching Invincible when it debuts next week on Amazon Prime? Ooh, it's next week. Wow. Um. Yeah, I I suppose I will have to check it out um i don't know how i feel about about like i love i love invincible you know this i have i have shouted from the rooftops that it's the best superhero comic in the 21st century um 
I hope that this adaptation is good. I think I'm more... I'm just kind of like over comic adaptation. I don't know. I should. Some excite me, some don't. For being such a big fan of Invincible, you'd think I'd be more like excited for this, but I, I just maybe I feel like it's so near and dear to me that I'm going to treat any adaptation with at least a little bit of skepticism. Um, I, I guess I just don't, I just don't want to be hurt by these things. I don't want these things to be hurt actually by their adaptation. And I don't want, I don't want other people to see an adaptation of something that I really hold dear to me. And I don't want it to be judged if it's not up to the standards that, I feel it should be. Is the fact that it's an animated series helping or hurting your anticipation? Um, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of hurting. Okay. Um, animation does not do it for me as much these days. Um, then again, I don't know if you could do a live action invincible, uh, it, it would be very, it would be nigh impossible for budgetary reasons, and on top of that, I feel like the the tone of the thing would get lost. So, if, which you know, if you're gonna do, I don't know, if you're gonna do the thing, or if you if if it's gonna stay drawn and remain in like a comic style, you might as well just read the comic. Uh, an animated adaptation is it's borderline superfluous. <laughs> there's no real right. need, there's no real need for it. But I love I love Invincible, so I will check it out. I just fear that it's gonna I fear it's not gonna live up to what I think Invincible is. And some of the trailers kind of lead me to Alrighty. Cool. Um, I will probably check it out myself, having read only a couple issues of the comic. Um, yeah, we'll see see what see what's shaking with it. Um, okay, so that does it for our emails. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, moving on to news this week, we don't really have any news. Very little, in fact. Uh, the one thing of note I did want to bring up. It was announced earlier this week that Dot Emu, uh, the company that brought us the, and I don't say this lightly, but the best side scrolling beat em up ever in Streets of Rage 4, um, announced this week that they are bringing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game out. Uh, called Shredder's Revenge. Uh, the teaser trailer for it was largely just animation and a redo of the classic theme song. Um, they showed a little bit of gameplay. It's being done in a very uh, classic bit style as far as the visual goes. Um, and it seems to be spot on with the, the classic arcade game, the original arcade game, Turtles in Time, those games, um, doing the old throw the foot soldier at the screen. It's all uh, classic cartoon show, art style and influence. So, you know, the foot soldiers looking to be robots, Bebop and Rocksteady looking proper. Um, 
if they can put the depth of gameplay into this that they put in the Streets of Rage 4, um, just shut up and take my money. <laughs> because, like, after after I saw this trailer, I was really excited, first off, having, you know, loving those original Ninja Turtle arcade games. Um, but then also at the same time, I was like, man, now I want to go back and play some Streets of Rage 4. That game just... That game goes down so smooth anytime you pick it up. It's so good. It's so good. Is it my was it my game of twenty twenty? I think it might have been it my probably game of twenty twenty. It probably was. I, I like Star Wars Squadrons was great. I loved it. But Streets of Rage, oh man. That game. That game was great. I'm sorry, I, I need to go have a cigarette. <laughs> Streets of Rage 4 again. So good. Um, so, Drew, your thoughts on this announcement? Um, exciting, I guess, if you're a fan of uh, of that style Turtles game, which, I mean, it's iconic at this point. That, that the, it, yeah. the, it, I mean, it really is. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings on it. Um, maybe this is just... <laughs> That's my statement of like 2021. I have mixed feelings. Uh, it looks great. And I know a lot of people are really excited about it. Um, I'm sure it will be good. I mean, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will live up to uh, what it's supposed to be. If you're a fan of the side scrolling turtles arcade game, this looks to be made just for you. Right. So yeah. excellent. Excellent. Everyone have a good time. I hope it's I hope it's everything you want it to be. Um, I have played those games to death, and you know, and they're fun, but they are a bit shallow. Um, so I hope it's good. I hope you all have fun. If there's one thing I'm a little perturbed about, not perturbed, but I I, I want to like step in as like the voice of. I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but I saw a lot of sentiment of people saying like, this is the best thing that they've done with the turtles in 20 years or whatever since, since the nineties. Yeah. And I, this is usually being said by people around my age, maybe, maybe a, a smidge younger. And I just want to like stop them and say like, dude, you know, you realize that since the nineties, there have been, no less than like three iterations of turtle cartoons, I believe. Right. And uh, more than that, more than that, probably, but at least two of them were very successful <laughs> and, and highly beloved by their audience, uh, especially the CG one, um, that came out. It's not the most recent one, but maybe the one before that. No, that was the film that came out. No, 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 was no, a... no, no, no. There was a cartoon. That was computer computer animated. It's not the TMNT I'm thinking of. It's it's the cartoon series that came out after, and people love that cartoon. That cartoon even crossed over with the '80s '90s cartoon. There was an episode where they they did like a a you know multiversal collision, <laughs> and they met the turtles from the old old show and stuff, and it was pretty wild. I think I saw that one. It was pretty cool. Um, in any case, okay, yeah, I remember what you're. Which you're thinking of now? Yeah, that you're th you're thinking of two different shows. I remember the CG one. The CG one was the Nickelodeon one. Yes, the one that 
did the turtle multiverse thing. That was one of the kind of Saturday morning cartoon ones. And yeah, I saw that the multiverse thing too. It was really cool because they even interacted with the original comic Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So all I want to say is just because a game coming out, uh, a thousand percent targeted at you and your nostalgic feelings for a thing that you grew up with when you were a kid, just because you think that thing is the best thing that they've done since the nineties doesn't mean that that's true. Uh, there has been a million iterations of the turtles into whatever, you know, to, to, to the kids who grew up with whatever iteration they had, that's probably their favorite and best one. And like, I, I don't think it's anyone's right to speak with authority that, you know, this, again, this throwback thing is the best thing they could have done. I, I don't know that that's true at all. Um, in fact, my feelings in the game being mixed. One of the things I'm mixed about, and I brought this up in our chat even, is like, you know what I would really like to see rather than just another arcade beat-em-up like Turtles in Time? I'd like to see them kind of remake the original Ninja Turtles game for NES, except do it, you know, with modern technology and modern abilities to make a game like that live up to its promise. Now, that game gets a lot of hate too, but I actually like... So, I, so you're saying you want it to be playable? It's a playable game. I like that game perfectly fine game uh what i would like to see is it's a it's fine just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's bad um i'd like to see a game where you get to play as all four of the turtles at 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 your leisure like you can you can swap between them um have an overworld like grand theft auto with the turtles or better yet playstation 4 spider-man with the turtles like, give me that game. Yeah. G- give me that spin on on this. Um, make make show. Give me give me something new with this IP that you know I can enjoy, rather than just you know falling back on nostalgia. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I, I would love to see that as well. Something like you know, give us a Ninja Turtles game that emphasizes the ninja. Sure, sure, sure. Like, you know, give me, you know, the the stealth boards from the Arkham game, but with Ninja Turtles. Um, something like that. Something that, you know, is a little more serious in tone along the lines of the comics, um, past and present. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could I definitely get behind that. Uh, Turtles seems to be... Uh, one of those things, kind of like Transformers now, where there's such a diverse generational pool of fans for it. Like, certain fans have their certain versions of it that they identify with and that they say, okay, that's that's my Turtles, that's my Transformers, things like that. Um and so there's definitely a very deep, rich well to draw from for something like that. Uh, as far as the 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 throwback, the dot emu game, um, I'm just like if they put the combo system in that that Streets of Rage had, uh, that's going to be a very like the the aesthetics will be of a retro game, but it will be a very 
updated gameplay feel to it. So I'm probably, you know, I'm probably a day one purchase on this just from what I've seen so far. Um, but no, I get what you're saying, and I don't, I don't disagree with it at all. You know, I would like to see something more, you know, legit, like triple, for lack of a better term, triple A game uh, given to Turtles. Because aside, when you think about it, aside from retro throwbacks, uh, modern turtle video game history is spotty at best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I did not, I, I didn't th- play the one that platinum games did. Um, but I mean, platinum games did make a Ninja Turtles video game. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how good it was, but people seem to swear by it. I, I heard most people say just play Bayonetta again. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Have you been? I, I know your your two read stack is uh, large and distinguished. Um, <laughs> did you have you been getting uh, the last Ronin? I have not. I have not. Um, okay. I, I I know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just it's just been two issues. So. Yeah, and they sold um, out uh, in quick order a lot of people are all in on that so though if you're trying to get those now they're fairly valuable at the moment which is kind of funny um yeah well, uh no uh the concept intrigued me but not enough to actually buy it yeah i've been i've been reading it it's it's good it, you know it's more it's more of like a, i want to see what happened yeah than like what like the story kind of jumps back and forward, you know, between present day and past, and what happened to the turtles, and why. All right, if you're reading the, if you want to read this, um, spoilers, warning, starting. Um, so the whole crux of the story is there is one turtle left, the other three are dead. In the beginning of the first issue, you don't know who it is because they don't identify the turtle at all. He has all the turtles weapons. Um, and so you don't realize until the end that it's, uh, Michelangelo, which kind of going in, I figured it kind of would be Michelangelo because he's a fan favorite. Yeah. Well, not so much, not so much. He's the fan favorite, but like of the four turtles, if you're going to tell that story, like he's almost the one that makes the most sense to tell that story with. Um, like the one, the one you would air finger quotes least expect to be the one to survive and outlive the other three turtles. I, like, su- I suppose I could, I could see it. Yeah. I could see a story with any one of them being the last one to, to to live. To be honest, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So like the the issue number two opens up and like. You know, April pulled Mike out of a bad situation. April's missing her left arm and right leg. Um, she has a daughter named Casey. Ah. Yeah. Um, and the second issue tells you how Raph dies. Gotcha. Uh, shockingly, he, his temper got the better of him, and he got into a fight where the odds were stacked against him. That sounds like a um, Raph way to go. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, gotta, 
got a blade shoved up through the bottom of his chin. Ow. Uh, yeah. Oh, he did. He got it brutally. Um, took the person with him, though, so, you know, there's that. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's good. I recommend it if you're a Turtles fan. I'm enjoying it. Uh, and the game will... We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, folks, if you haven't played Streets of Rage 4, you like side-scrolling beat-em-ups, go... Go get you some Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> All right. It is amazing. All right. So, that does it for our news. Unless, Drew, you can think of anything else? Uh, nothing is jumping out at me screaming and yelling. So, no. All righty. So, let's put a cap on WandaVision. Let's. Uh, WandaVision wrapped up last week to... Equal parts, adulation, and chagrins. A whole bunch of people are really upset because they didn't get something that wasn't promised to them. That's about the crux of it, to which I just would say to them, "Eh, LOL, bro. (laughs) How's, How's those theories going? Now, to be fair... We theorized. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Every fan does that. Um, But at the end of the day, we got a really amazing story about dealing with trauma and grief and uh, just a great story about a character accepting who she is and her place in the world. So, Drew, what are your thoughts on the last couple episodes of WandaVision? Um, Great show thoroughly enjoyed it it does uh open up a lot of doors going forward as you know i mean i don't know about a lot but certainly uh it sets up the character for a lot more um than we ever got in the movies we explored her character and the vision's character a lot more than we ever got to in the movies so for that alone i'm thankful that the show exists um and you know moving forward spoilers from here on out obviously uh, we now know going into the next phase of the MCU, we know that there is a vision, um, out there, not exactly the vision that we know, but one that has his memories at the very least. Yes. Um, ha- hashtag vision. So white. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we know that Wanda is far more powerful than we ever realized than she even ever realized. And that she always had that power and it wasn't necessarily Hydra that gave it to her via the infinity stones that merely uh, tapped into that power more deeply, if you will. And now she is learning about it and trying to do more with it. And uh, what does that mean? Don't know. Um, Could be dangerous. Just like in the comics, I feel like Wanda is, Kind of a hmm. She's a bit of a loose cannon. She's a bit of a bit of a dangerous element that we have out there in the wild. Yes. Um you know I I recently grabbed a trade of like I was in the mood to read some classic stuff and Pulp 716 had a uh an old West Coast Avengers trade. It was like the first appearance of White Vision and whatnot. Um, 
so I was catching up on that, just kind of familiarizing myself more with the comic version of the character. And I just, I really like what they did with Wanda throughout this entire uh, experiment. Uh, just really solid storytelling as always from Marvel. Uh, the everything just coming full circle and the, the show as a whole, just so deep and so many layers to it that everything has a meaning in it. You can really go back and watch it again and really probably get a lot more out of it the second time around. Cause you're looking for things that you know what to look for now and see like what they really did. Uh, today on Disney Plus, they released a one-hour behind-the-scenes making of. Uh, that was really good, really enjoyable. Uh, just the extent that they went through to produ- reproduce uh, period-specific sitcoms. Like, everything was done as it was done back then. Lighting, makeup, uh, set decorations, visual effects. Everything was done period-specific which was just fantastic. Um, yeah, the ending was great. Uh, the, the white vision, the ship of Theseus thought experiment, just fantastic. Um, Agatha just being <laughs> a phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal antagonist. Uh, finally getting, I mean, it's kind it's kind of geeky, but finally getting a proper, uh, Scarlet Witch costume. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it was very cool to see. I didn't expect Pro- the introduction of uh, Monica Rambeau and her power set and all that in this, but we got it. I'm happy yep, to see that. That's that. fun. So the we got two stingers. Uh, one is with Monica and a discussion with a scroll, which is probably leading to a combination of secret invasion and captain Marvel two. Yep. That's my bet. Uh, and then the other we got, which is probably going to lead in, you know, Wanda is astral projection learning. She's reading through the dark hold, uh, making its second appearance in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, originally showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, that doesn't count, so um, this is its first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> I mean, it does. No, it doesn't. Whether, whether or not you want to acknowledge it, it uh, well, does. Well, Kevin Feige doesn't acknowledge it, so I'm going to go ahead and just... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is fine and all, but I, I think we all wanted it to be something that it was never going to, unfortunately, be due to the deep, deep fissure between Kevin Feige and Ike Perlmutter, so... Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I know you had a run, but you're in the little side pocket universe where the Heroes Reborn guys are or something. <laughs> or, you know, not. Um, yeah, none of that so, happened, Carl. Sorry, Ghost Rider doesn't exist in the MCU. Any version of him. Not that version. Which I think you'd be happy about anyway, so... Uh, just motorcycle. Johnny plays Danny Ketch. See, none of it happened, Carl. Feel, don't feel bad. None of it matters. No, it still happened. I, I take yeah. the bad with the good. No, it didn't happen. Um, okay. So, yeah, so that's... And then she hears the... Uh, her kid's voice, which we thought was... Went away with the hex, so that's probably leading into 
uh, Madness in the Multiverse, second Doctor Strange film. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, good, good stuff all around. Uh, but Carl, where was Mephisto? You know, he he wasn't there. No, and that's that's okay. Yes, it's fine. And and Reed Richards didn't show up, and mutants didn't show up, and that's that's all okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite fine with any of it, with all of it, really. We're we're gonna get there, folks. Don't worry. My only uh, my only gripe with the show, honestly, is, and I'm sure we're gonna get some of this going forward. Um, given how horrible uh, Wanda's actions were to those people, <laughs> um, she really didn't get any sort of comeuppance or, uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, she, she, she faced no repercussions for doing a very heinous and, and torturous act to a sizable number of people. And I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't think they're, and, and just because they felt bad for her because of her situation, it's yet another instance in the MCU. And I, I, I wonder if at some point they'll lead into this of like super powered people having, causing major problems for regular folk. And I wonder if the regular folk are just well, at some point going to be like, you know, this is a problem for us. <laughs> These these people really make our lives difficult, don't they? I, I just I wonder about that because it, it it seems like things happen and everyone seems to be okay with the, the, the powered people, but but should they be? Especially when they, you know, take over your mind and and <laughs> you know, make you have their nightmares and things like that. Like it was kinda messed up. Yeah, it was it was pretty messed up. Um, I just wonder will, no. there, will there be some repercussions to come? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure on some level there will be, uh, but again, we get into the whole theorizing thing that we've just been besmirching for the past ten minutes or so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in. Uh, Madness in the Multiverse. I believe that comes out after Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if they filmed it yet, so yes. No Way Home, so... Um, yeah. I was really I was really happy with WandaVision. Um, it was, I expected it to be good, but it definitely exceeded my expectation. Uh, just fantastic performances all around. Yeah. Great story. Um, uh, it's central character driven, like, you know, most of the Marvel stuff really is. Um, I think that's what everyone forgets. Like you're, you're so busy plotting out, you know, how they're going to connect X, Y, and Z that you weren't paying attention to the fact that it was a story set centered on Wanda. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's Marvel kind of being a victim of their own success in a lot of ways, because the, the, how does it connect is often, like the the hype and the exciting part where we, you know, everyone's looking at dessert and we're missing this fantastic main course that's in front of us right now. Yep. 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 And so like, you know, everybody wants to throw out theories and everybody wants to be right about their theories. And when it turns out they're not right, you know, they're 
they get all upset and whatnot. Like I had theories, none of them turned out to be right. I still enjoyed the ride. That's like that's the fun of it. You gotta enjoy the ride. And next week we get to take the ride starts all over again in a very different way with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, I'm and, I'm I'm very ready for that. Yes. Yes. I've I've seen a couple little little clips here and there and the uh, the buddy cop feel uh they established in uh Civil War and throughout definitely still holding up very cool enjoy i i don't know if i haven't heard anything about episode length if it's gonna be like wandavision where a lot of them are just a half a half hour i mean i'm kind of i'm greedy and i want more than a half hour so (laughs) i hope that's not the case um the wandavision Um, 40 minute or so running time is fine by me yeah but it wasn't like 40 minutes until the last three episodes all the other ones were like a half an hour and by the time the credits roll you're like no 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 we're we're just getting good yeah we'll see what they got up their sleeve i i i think what's going to be kind of refresh not refreshing but uh i think the fans that had problems with wandavision i know who you know you know who they are the ones that watched two episodes yeah. and were like this is stupid okay uh well falcon winter soldier's coming out i think this is going to be more uh, your cup of tea there's no there's no misdirection or or you know playful uh film you know cinema cinema going on here it's it's more straight up falcon and winter soldier as advertised so or or to put it in more graspable terms more punchy punchy less thinky thinky well i hope it's not stupid by any means i'm sure it'll have its well no i'm sure share of gravitas but uh yeah it's more this is more you know if you enjoy the Captain America films, which I did, by the way, as you know, um, this is more what you're looking for. So yeah, I'm here. Yeah. For, I'm, I'm here for this. Straight up, straightforward Marvel goodness. Uh, but yeah, WandaVision, fantastic. Couldn't be happier with it. Uh, a lot of great stuff. So yeah, that, yeah, I guess that puts a cap on it for us. Unless yeah. there's anything else you have to add for WandaVision. Uh, no, no. I think we, we covered it all. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed her thoroughly and, uh, looking forward to see where things go from here. Cool. All right, folks. I believe that's going to do it for us this week. We appreciate you as always stopping in and hang out with us, listening to the show. As always, if you would like to send us any questions, comments, uh, stuff you want us to talk about on the show, by all means, reach out to us, communicate with us. You can do so at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website the devil's due podcast.com drew that being said any closing thoughts uh no <laughs> no all right any any uh rhythmic keyboarding you'd like to leave us with before we go uh rhythmic i mean <laughs> you know just play 
Play us a little Toto, Drew, on your keyboard. Give us some Down in Africa. Uh, there some, some, we something go. like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. As always, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Hope you have a great couple of weeks. We'll talk to you again soon. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. 